This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 35. I am literally speechless. Of the in-between podcast where you'll hear simple solutions for living an extraordinary life. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. So why are you speechless, Christina? Why are you looking at me like that? Like, am I am I not speechless? Nope. Like, can I not nope. be? And our girls have learned that from you too. <laughs> and our son and our, is Yeah, literally. Well. I think the amount that I talk now at the <laughs> dinner table is literally... Five to ten percent of the entire conversation. Because we're all like, no, it's my turn. Yes. No, it's yes. my turn. And then they scream at each other like, hey, it's my turn now. <laughs> I cannot wait any longer. Yeah, it's a little bit of a gong show in our house, especially in the car when there's like nowhere else to go and everyone's screaming, it's my turn to mm-hmm. talk. So <laughs> anyway, let me get back to why I am speechless. So we just interviewed our friend Stacy. I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a minute. But a little, little bit of an unknown fact, I guess, for all of those listeners out there who are always asking us, like, how do you do this podcast? Like, what are the little tidbits we can learn about this and the inside scoop? So here is your inside scoop. (laughs) Every time we do an interview, we always record our intro and our outro separately. And that's because sometimes we don't, especially the outro, we don't know what to talk about until we hear the interview, right? Mm. Can't just make up stuff and be like, oh yeah, wasn't that great? And Uh blah, blah, blah. Like obviously people know that's fake. And so we always do it afterwards. And I just feel like we just ended the recording maybe about five minutes ago and I am still shaking. Y'all, that was, and like you are in for a- It was incredible. I, I don't even know to say, it's not a treat because it's not an easy listen. Like we're talking about, how learning to trust again and you will hear from Stacy's own mouth she has gone through a lot that woman has not had an easy life however she has like what she is experiencing now and what she went through before is completely different and we want to share her story with you mm-hmm. because she is a survivor of domestic abuse um, her and her children and she is here today to tell us like how do you how do you recover from that like she is currently married now and has three children married to the sweetest man like sweetest, sweetest man with the sweetest extended family and everything. We know them very well. Um, and just the process of how, how do you go from such the pits yeah. of mire For real. to, you know, living in such a, a loving, trusting relationship. Yeah. And so I really feel like our podcast, yeah, we talk about some, some really lighthearted things and, and some, you know, hacks to make life easy. But also there's the other part of the podcast that we always want to share with y'all is to have those tough discussions. Like who wants to talk about domestic violence? not not many people really want to do that but it has to be talked about who wants to talk about like the ways that we struggle with trusting other people or learning to trust no one really wants to talk about that but I feel like because we have this platform like let's talk about it let's share about it for those listeners who are out there who are maybe you know within themselves are going through a domestic 
um, abuse relationship or you have courageously left one and now you don't know what to do and you feel forgotten about and all of that. Like may Stacy's story just remind you that you are seen and you are not forgotten about. Mm. And if you haven't gone through uh, if you're if you're not if you haven't gone through emotional or physical abuse or or in, in any domestic abuse at all and mm-hmm. you're like well that's that's not a part of my story this interview is going to be I mean you you have to stick through because this is a powerful story and you're gonna pick up principles and thoughts on how to trust again because all of us have had our trust broken at some point in time right right sometimes even on a daily basis right in small ways and in big ways so you guys are in for a treat so before we play on the interview christina why don't you remind our listeners about the business boutique giveaway all right. So this is your final call. It's like, I don't know what they call that. The final call before the curtain drops, guys. <laughs> like when, by the time this podcast drops the following Monday. So that is September, September 24. Mm-hmm, that is your day that the contest closes and we will be announcing the winner. Yeah. And so guess you- what? You're not going to win. If you have not entered, I'm a hundred percent, hundred percent. You have lost. If you have not entered to win two free tickets to the business boutique conference in Nashville. Uh, yeah. Sorry guys. I can announce already. We are not going to call your name. Yeah. So today, if you are listening on the day this drops, you have one week left. Mm -hmm. Remember, go to inbetween.org slash episode 32. Look for the header giveaway. There are going to be instructions. Uh, You're going to learn how to enter one time. And then you're going to learn from the email that we send over to you afterwards how to uh, put your name in for multiple entries after that. Right. Right. But you want to go to inbetween.org slash episode 32 before September 24. Yes. And also, uh, for those, we always talk about some people, they just love to have things planned. They don't want any surprises. I get that. There is a 10% off coupon code on uh, inbetween.org slash episode 32 as well. So you can just purchase your tickets, put that code in, 10% off, and I will see you there. All right. Well, let's listen in. So welcome, Stacy, to our podcast. Thank you. We are so excited to have you here. Um, I think I read your book maybe about a year ago, and I was going through it. I mean, we're friends, so I know you, but I don't think we've ever sat down before me reading this book and you telling me like every single detail of your story. And I was just floored like of what you've been through and also just the way that you were able to express and write in such a way that would draw your audience in like I was laughing I was weeping I was like (laughs) what is gonna happen even though I know what happens because you're my friend (laughs) so yeah it's been it was an amazing book um so we want to be able to share your story with our listeners um so before we get into your past Mm -hmm. um can you tell us a little bit about your present life Yes. So um, I'm married to an amazing man, Brandt, and we have three children together. Uh, we have Hunter, who is 15, Kayla's 14, and we have a four-year-old daughter, Ava. Um, I'm a 
cardiac nurse at Centennial Medical Center here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and I've been there for a little over seven years. I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering why we stress the word present in the first question. Stacy, you wrote a book called Broken, Wounded, Healed that chronicles your past life, which looks very different than your present life. So can you tell our listeners your story uh, about what you have gone through? Uh, absolutely. Um, so my life prior to Brant was much different than it is now. I was in a, an abusive relationship married to um, an alcoholic for seven years, and I lived a life full of hurt, betrayal, lies, disappointments, and fear. And it was very lonely, scary, and very hopeless time of my life. Um, but going back prior to this relationship, um, you know, my home life growing up was not that great. Okay. Um, I had with the constant fighting between my parents and I had some broken relationships within my family. Mm-hmm. I just, I wanted a way out. And when I met my first husband, I felt like this was it. This was my way out. Um, he was older, he had a good career and he was interested in me. And I began to put my identity in this person and I wanted to do whatever it took to make this relationship work. Mm-hmm. And um, looking back during this time, I was just out of high school and I was searching, still searching for my identity. Mm. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Growing up, you know, my family and I, we lived a a very simple life in a small town and I just felt stuck. As far as my spiritual walk, um, I grew up in church. I had a relationship with God, but I felt as if I was living with no clear direction. And instead of trusting God, to show me his plan for my mm-hmm. life, I became impatient and decided to find my own way. So prior to marrying this man, um, I felt an uncertainty about this decision, mm-hmm. but I but I chose to ignore it and I married him anyway. So uh, during that time, like, did you have people be like, Stacy, this guy is not good for you? Like any warnings or were people yes. like, he's great. Like, just go for it. You're, you know, you're, you're being kind of a baby or whatnot. Oh, um, my family, they despised him. I mean, they saw oh, right through him okay. and, um, they didn't even come to our wedding. So oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm. Yes. I just wanted them to accept, you know, my decision. Mm -hmm. And um, I just kind of felt like they were against me. And I was just going to, this is what I wanted. And um, I was going to marry him him anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, of course, looking back, I know that God was telling me that this was not his plan for me. I guess it was about a year into the marriage, I realized what God was trying to protect me from. Um, it started with the, the controlling behavior, then the verbal abuse, and then the psychological abuse, and then came the physical abuse. So it is like one thing led to another, so to speak? Yes. Or, okay. And it was yes. all after about a year being married? or, yeah. or... It, it was about, right after we got married, um, he started drinking a little more heavily okay. and um, had ended up having surgery on his knee. And then that's when the addiction to the opioids started. Mm. So the mixture of the the medication with the drinking. um, That's not good. No. No. (laughs) 
and he was a nurse too. So of course he had access to all these narcotics, which yes. And that's how he would, um, he would use. Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess two years into our marriage that, well, two years into our marriage, that's when I had my son. And then 14 months later, I had my daughter, Kayla. Mm -hmm. And, um, thinking things would get better, but they obviously didn't. Um, it was just, he never really wanted kids and, you know, he would come home from work and lock himself in the bedroom and drink and watch movies. And, and it was like, I was just a single mom. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was, just, I became a stay at home mom whenever, you know, I had my son and mm-hmm. I just did what I could to protect them from, you know, his drunken rages. And he would have suicidal attempts once he would become intoxicated and, um, so it was just, it was a very scary time. Do you um, think your kids knew about like any of that was going on or like, oh, daddy's just playing in, in, you know, his room and watching TV or whatnot? I think that, um, <clears throat> I don't think they knew. I think they were, cause they were so young. Oh, okay. Um, and I did my best to kind of protect them from that and kind of shield them from seeing any of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we still have conversations to this day. I mean, they're 14 and 15 now and um, we're very open about it. And they, they tell me they don't remember anything. So, oh, which is wow. a blessing. Yes, definitely. So, yes. But, um, you know, I was afraid to leave. He, I feared for my life. He, um, he would tell me that if I left him, he would kill my family. Oh my goodness. So, you know, when you're in an, an abusive relationship, people are always like, well, why did you stay? Why didn't you just leave? Well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fear because you just, there's the unknown. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And you just, it's just that fear you live in. And right. like if he's capable of doing that now, yeah, right. And you're under his roof, like who knows? Absolutely. And he just had, had this control over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was during this time, you know, when I first, when I married him, I really stopped hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really hard for me because I did have a close relationship with God, but I realized that because I chose my way instead of his, I kind of separated myself from God. And I just kind of felt like God left me and I was just kind of getting what I deserved. Um And I just, I remember praying and praying and I felt so distant from him. And I just, I needed to hear his voice and I Mm. needed to feel him near me. And yeah, I just thought that this is what I deserve. I was getting what I deserved because of this decision that I made. So, so at what point did that turn around then? Yeah. So I remember one, one day I was washing dishes, um, listening to a Christian radio station Mm. and Um, the radio host comes on and says, do you feel alone? Do you feel unappreciated? I took my role as a mom very seriously, and I had raised my kids the best way I knew how, Mm -hmm. and I worked really hard to keep them safe. And I did feel alone, and I did feel unappreciated. And then she said something that really changed me that day. She said, I just want to encourage you to keep what keep doing what you're doing because God sees you. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm washing dishes. I stop what I'm doing and I just close my eyes and I ask God, do you see me? And then all of a sudden I feel this little hand on my leg and I look down and it's my son and he's about 18 months old at this point. And 
he's looking up at me and he's got the biggest smile on his face wow. and his his eyes like there was just something different about his eyes mm-hmm. and we stand there kind of frozen in this moment and as, as I'm staring at him and he's smiling up at me with his little hand resting on my leg this it's like the strangest thing happens this, there's this indescribable peace that fills my body oh, and wow. then I quickly realized that I'm looking in the eyes of God, mm-hmm. that God was looking up at me through the eyes of my child. Wow. And he was saying, I see you. Oh, and that, amazing. yeah, that was the turning point. That's that's when I knew that God was with me and that he hadn't left me. Right. Well, I just yeah. think if anyone has an 18-month-old boy... <laughs> You know yeah. that moment was from God. <laughs> yeah. Because if their hand is on you, they're asking for a snack or they're asking yeah. for like, mommy, hold me, right? <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah. he was just being so still. And, you know, and it was like all of a sudden he just snaps out of this little trance or whatever it was. And right. he just goes back to his crazy little cell. Yep. <laughs> so, but it was at that moment. And then um, I knew God was with me. And, I kept thinking of this verse, it just kept playing through my head over and over again after that. And it was Psalms 4610, be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. And I knew that God had planted that verse in my head and he was telling me to be still and let him work everything out. So, um, and it was about two years later that God rescued me and my kids from this man and he worked out every single detail and, you know, that's just the start of my story. So, um, Stacy, you're saying something really interesting. And I think because we live in such like an instantaneous culture, you think, hey, you've had that experience with God where your son had his hand on you and you really like, OK, God, you're with me. And then you just said something interesting. You said two years later is when God like really showed you, and uh, I don't want to give away your story, but really showed you the next steps. So what happened in those two years? Were you wrestling with God? Like, okay, obviously you said you're with me, but here I am still, quote unquote, stuck in this relationship. Like, what what were those two years like? Well, it was definitely one of those things where I just had to cling tight to God and mm-hmm. just fully surrender and fully trust Him through so many things happened. I mean, I think we moved like four different times in those two years. And what was happening was um, he would um, almost get caught stealing narcotics from the hospital he worked at. And then he would have to, he would say, well, I just don't like this job. We're going to move. So we moved and I never really caught on till the end of Mm -hmm. what was actually happening. Right. And we actually moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and we were 2,100 miles away from my family, and things really started going downhill then, and um, we were there for about a year that last year, and it was, the drinking got worse, the drug abuse got worse, the abuse got worse, and it was to the point where, um, I just had to kind of just grab hold of God and just say, Lord, I trust you. I know you're working this thing out. And, mm-hmm. and, and he did. And he, um, he just really delivered us through and protected us and put a wall, you know, a wall of protection around us. Mm-hmm. But it, it was one of those things where I just, you know, I had to completely surrender. It was a daily surrender. I just felt him carrying me through those next two years. This episode is brought to you in part 
by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Years. So then at what point then in Phoenix were you like, okay, we, we have to go? Like, what was that, what was that moment uh, where, right, right before you guys left? Yes. So uh, one morning I woke up and I had actually gotten a part-time job and I was getting ready for work and I noticed that my pocketbook had been dumped out on the table Mm -hmm. and I couldn't find my car keys. I couldn't find my wallet. And I had went, so I went back in and I woke him up and I was like, I need my car keys. I've got to go to work. And it was at this point where he was really controlling and just didn't really trust me to be alone at work. Like he was just constantly watching over me. I guess he was just afraid I was going to leave him. Mm -hmm. Um, so he got up and he said, I'm going to drive you to work today because I don't want you going anywhere without me driving you. And it was at that moment that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I told him, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm going to call my family and the kids and I are going to move back to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's when he pulled out the gun. <gasps> that's when he came behind me and he choked me until I passed out. Oh my. And where were the kids at this point? The kids were um, in the living room. Oh, my goodness. Awake. And they actually came in and witnessed this whole thing. So oh. when when I came to, I was on the bed and he was over me. Um and all I could hear was the it was Hunter and Kayla crying, Aww. and they were standing the, at the foot of the bed. So I just, you know, I finally was able to free myself from him, and I grabbed Hunter and Kayla and just held them. And, you know, that's when he went and got the gun, and he told me to kiss Hunter and Kayla goodbye that he was going to end it for oh, me. Oh, my goodness. But I had um, the place that I'd worked at. The girls that I'd worked with, they knew my story. They knew how he was. And when I didn't show up for work that day, they came looking for me. Oh, they knew something was up Mm -hmm. then. Yes. So when they came and knocked on my door and he opened the door and I was standing in the background, I couldn't really say anything. I was just crying. Mm -hmm. And he had the gun behind his back and he told him, he said, she's, they were just like, we're just here to check on Stacy. And he's like, we're fine. And he Mm. just shut the door and he knew that they were going to go call the cops. And so his mom had lived in Arizona at that time. And she had, he had actually called her to come and take the kids and she showed up 
and I told her what had happened, she, first of all, didn't believe me mm-hmm. and then wanted to take him and Hunter and Kayla with her to her house. There was just this period, this struggle of me trying to keep things, um, you know, calm for the kids, like everything was normal. And then in the other room, he's struggling with his mom and she's struggling to get the gun away from his head because he's oh, threatening to shoot himself. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I'm in the next room covering my kids ears, just waiting for that gun to go off. And it was about three hours that we were held hostage in our apartment. Oh, wow. That's a and time. then, yeah. So, and it was just, it was a very scary time. And, um, finally convinced him to leave with his mom. And about a month prior to that, I really felt this calling to gather up our social security cards, birth certificates, anything that I could out of this lockbox that he that Mm -hmm. he had. So, um, he kept the key on his keychain. So one, one day I had to climb in, you know, crawl on my hands and knees around the bed, get the keys, crawl into the yeah, without waking Trying him. To be quiet and, and, yes. and oh my goodness, yeah. So I got the papers out and I hid them in the kid's closet so he wouldn't find them. Mm-hmm. And that day that he walked out, he took the lockbox with him and he took the gun and and you know I don't know if we would have been able to get on a plane without all those papers. Yeah, probably so, not. You wouldn't have your like yeah, identity. No. Yeah, and so I wow. really felt like God was preparing me for mm-hmm. that day, and um. You know, I just I immediately called my sister. The cops showed up. Um, his mom was supposed to take him to a hospital, but they couldn't find him. Okay. She ended up taking him to her house to hide him. And then I called my sister and she got us a plane ticket and we came back to North Carolina. Oh, you and the kids went back to North yes. Carolina then. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Stacy, I was like I said, I know your story. And yet hearing you talk about like that, I have like shivers up my spine. Like, yeah. oh, my goodness. Like I was yes. holding my breath. I'm like, yeah. when are they going to escape? Yes. Um. so how like how in the world did you move from escaping like a horrible abusive relationship, um, witnessing so much? Uh, to and going through so much to forming a relationship with Brant because I mean like we've talked about it before in our own podcast where Daniel and I have um, had you know trust issues in past relationships like mm-hmm. Daniel had his girlfriend cheat on him I was in an emotional abusive relationship so and trust was really really difficult yeah. for us to learn even within our in our own marriage so how how did that work with Brand? Like, did you meet him and he was just like Prince Charming and you're like, okay, <laughs> like God told you this is the man you're going to marry and he's going to be so right to you. He will like never do anything to you or like was there a little more to that? <laughs> That's pretty much how it happened. <laughs> no, I definitely was n- I was planning on being, I mean, I was okay with being a single mom the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I had no desire to be in a relationship anytime soon, much less any, you know, anytime. Right. So when Brandon and I met, uh, we were working together. I had, you know, became a single mom. I was living back home with my parents Mm -hmm. and um, we just instantly developed a friendship and he became my encourager. And I mean, he saw my potential and he pushed me to pursue my dream of nursing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then through our friendship, I just I saw Jesus in him and I saw an unconditional love through our friendship and felt comfortable with him. And 
I mean, of course I had a desire to find love again, but I just kind of felt too ashamed to even ask God for this. So I knew that whatever choice I made, it was going to be what God desired for me and not my desire for myself. Mm -hmm. So I had to surrender that relationship to God and just be prepared, you know, to be a single mom for the rest of my life if that was God's will for me. And it was, you know, to my surprise, he was actually preparing Brant's heart um, during this time as well. And I, I remember the day he asked me out on a date. I was I was scared. I was terrified. Oh, right. um, but I knew he had a relationship with God mm-hmm. and we both shared the same desires to live out God's plan for our life. You know, Brant was able to show me a love that I had never personally experienced through a person. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and I, I knew this type of unconditional love through my relationship with Jesus, but I never, like I said, felt it through a person. So he was showing me Jesus and he was very careful with my heart. He took our relationship very slow and it gave me time to heal and, and trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, during this also, I had asked to meet with my pastor's wife prior to dating him because I I just needed that godly counsel, you know, through another uh, woman that, you know, she just kind of became my mentor. So mm-hmm. that really helped me a lot, too. Looking back, you know, the the closer my relationship became with, G- with Jesus became, the more I found that I could trust God's protection over me. And I struggled with not only trusting Brant, but trusting God. And even though God had provided for me and he he still had to prove to me over and over and over that he was going to care for me and protect us. Um, that's that's what I love about God is just how patient he is with us. And um, so many times I doubted him, but not, I mean, and not once did he let me down. Yeah. And, and that's when I started writing down all the times that I saw God in my circumstances and, you know, all the times he spoke to me, all the times he protected me and all the times he provided for me. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. so how old were Hunter and Kayla when you first met Brent? Then, um, they were four and five. Okay. Okay. Yes, actually, they were three and four, and then when we started dating, they were four and five. Okay. So, how, so yeah. how did you help your children build a trusting relationship with Brent, the friend, Brent, the boyfriend, Brent, the friend. <laughs> Brent <laughs> right. Mr. Yeah. Brent, the fiance? She, she just bought him different yeah. T-shirts, obviously, and he showed up. Oh, today you're Brent, the boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the hubsters. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was actually the easy part. I mean, um, Kayla and Hunter, like I said, were four and five when Brent and I started dating. Mm-hmm. So to them, Brent was mom's friend, and. I believe that that watching my interaction with Brant gave them a sense of security Mm. and they knew that I was comfortable and accepting of him. So Mm -hmm. they felt that they could be also. But Brant really fit into our family from the start. I mean, he jumped right into the role of of being a dad Mm -hmm. and they just quickly fell in love with him. Mm, So um, I remember while we were dating, they would ask if they could call him dad and of course, we decided to wait till after we were married. Mm-hmm. And then the the day of our wedding, after the ceremony, and we walked back down the aisle. Kayla ran up to Brant and said, "I love you, Daddy." Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> it was yeah, it was very sweet. I'm like tearing yes. up. Yes. Oh my goodness! Just picturing <laughs> four year old mm. Kayla like yes. running into his arms. Oh, oh that's she, just beautiful. She loves him, and then. You know, shortly after we were married, Brant was able to adopt them. So they are able to carry his name now. So oh, I it's love like, that. 
He's always been part of us. Right. That's phenomenal. Well, Stacey, um, looking back on your life and like everything you have gone through, if there is something, like one thing that you could leave our listeners, especially the ones who are struggling with trust or maybe are in an abusive relationship themselves or maybe that single parent who has had the courage to be able to leave their partner from abusing them, um, what's that one piece of advice from your story that you would give to these people? Well, um, I would say those struggling with trust, you know, after a relationship, I'll leave with one of my favorite quotes from uh, Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. And it says, a woman's heart should be so hidden in Christ that a man should have to seek him to find her first. Oh, I love that. Um, that is so <laughs> I'm so going to put powerful. that at our girls, <laughs> at our girls yeah. room. <laughs> Because I think, um, you know, strengthening your your relationship with Christ, um, trusting him and also forgiving yourself, because I had to do a lot of self-forgiveness as well mm-hmm. um, by doing this. You know, I have allowed God to take my brokenness and turn it into something beautiful. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you and plans to give you hope and a future. That is seriously one of my favorite verses. That has become like a life verse for me. So yes. I love that you shared that with everyone too. Well, Stacy, thanks. Thanks again for your time. It, it was fun. The I, I, Just as you were talking and, and sharing with Christina, I texted your husband. Because <laughs> <laughs> this uh, because, is what we do behind yeah, the scenes, yeah, right? Yeah, because Brent and I are friends and I was like, Stacy is doing incredible. <laughs> and then I was like, and good job on the sound setup. <laughs> and Brent responded with, awesome, I'm downstairs praying for her. Oh. So I think that's just, it's so beautiful to see how God can turn ashes into beauty. Yes. And really. for the way that you, Stacy, and Brent are just a living testimony of his unconditional love for mm-hmm. us, his grace upon us, and no matter how far away we may feel from God, and, and, and even if we feel like we have turned his back on him and, and we are at a place of no return there is no place where God cannot redeem. That's right. There is no place that you can run away. There's no place you can run away where God cannot find you and he uh, is well, can welcome you back. So thank you, Stacy, for just being a, a testimony to all of our listeners uh, in, in learning to trust again. How can our listeners know uh, where, where to buy your book or, you know, just learn more about you? Um, well, you can find my book on Amazon. Um, again, the title is Broken, Wounded, Healed, A Story of God's Redemption by Stacy Taylor. And I also have a website, brokenwoundedhealed.com, where you can also find the link to my book and um, learn more about my ministry. Also, 100% of the proceeds from my book are donated to help other victims of domestic violence. I'm, I'm excited to see what God does. So if if you're part of a mops group, if you're a part of a reading club, yeah. if you are a part of a church or uh, just any other environment where, where, I mean, you guys can actually read the book together, study it together, talk about it. I mean, you can go to our show notes today as well. Find those links. You can hit rewind a little bit and, and write that down. Uh, but we'd, we would... We would just be honored so much if you could support Stacy and others who are walking through what she had walked through. Mm-hmm. 
So once again, that'll be on our show notes. And we just want to say thank you so much, Stacy, for taking the time to share your story and the courage. I know we all love to share the good parts, right? But yeah. share the broken parts and the parts that we maybe thought were a little bit shameful before that can be difficult. So thank you so much for um, just sharing that with us with such honesty and passion and um we love you and we love your family and it's just been amazing to see uh the story continue to unfold and that god has a wonderful plan for y'all so thank you stacy oh thank you i love you guys and thank you for this opportunity i wish we could have just kept on going right there were so many follow-up questions I just wanted to dig deeper and deeper and deeper into her story because it was just all aspects of it. It was just so powerful and redemptive and restorative. I I love, I love her. I love the title of her book, Broken, Wounded, Healed. Mm -hmm. Because even in that short 30 minutes, I mean, this was many years that she walked through her story. Yes. Uh, But just in the short 30 minutes, you got a glimpse of what it looked like to move from brokenness uh, to, you know, restore or, you know, getting restored through your wounds to to experiencing healing. Mm-hmm. That's why y'all need to pick up this book because she goes into more detail about it. And also, um, we didn't have a ton of opportunity to talk about her life now, uh, but in the book, she gets more into it. And so if you want to find out like me, you're like, but I want to hear like what the happily ever after part, like what's that part? Give Give me more of those, you know, juicy details. Pick up her book because she does talk about just the continuing of the healing that God has done in her life and her children's lives. And um, this is a book really that is you buy one for yourself and you buy one for a friend. Um, there's been multiple times where I was like, you know, I'll, I'll see something on Facebook from a friend maybe that I met in high school and I have not talked to. Um, and I was like, you know what, you need to read this book or let me send you this book. My parents were down here for like two weeks and they saw this sitting on our, on my shelf and they're like, I need to read this. And after they read this, they're like, I need to buy like a bunch of copies to be able to, to give Mm. to people because this is powerful. Um, and the fact that, you know, she's a le- living, breathing being who is the sweetest woman. Like you would not have no clue. Yeah, completely. No clue that she had gone through this. Because, I mean, I'm sure there are people who have gone through this and are, you know, weathered. Of course, you would think like if I had gone through something like that, I would just be so damaged. Um, and it's just she's such a testament to like we say that um, there is beauty in the broken and that God restores and God redeems. Awesome. So if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 35, you can find a link to her book, uh, a link to Amazon as well. And and just, I mean, some of the one-liners she dropped, uh, Christina's going to make some beautiful, you're going to find beautiful Instagram images that you can share as well. Mm-hmm. We would love for you to do that. That doesn't just have to come from our account. Uh, we would love for you to share that as well. Uh, but if you haven't yet entered the business boutique giveaway with Christina, I mean, I wish I could go. You wish you could hang out with no, me, right? No, right? well, you well know, yes. we hang out all you the time. Yes. yes. But at the conference, the conference sounds oh, right. the amazing. Conference. And it's, it's only about me. <laughs> it's only ladies. But guys, if you're listening, enter in for your wife. Yes. You know what? Nashville is a Southwest hub. There's a lot of cheap. You can get pretty cheap flights into Nashville mm-hmm. if you're out of town. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, or it's honestly Nashville's a day's drive to so Eight many different, different cities. Yeah, so mm-hmm. do this for your wife, guys. Enter the draw. Do this for your for girlfriend. Yeah. Do this for your fiance. <laughs> do this for your sister or your mother. Yeah, awesome, yep. awesome. So be sure to go to inbetween.org slash episode 32 to enter. But next week, Christina, we're going to be talking about... <gasps> Netiquette. So teaching our kids online manners. So if you haven't yet subscribed to do that, and it'll be a automatic download onto your phone. We'll catch you guys next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.